Hello and welcome to this episode of I Don't Know Jack About Parenting, where today I'm going to be talking about how to build your child into a leader. So the big question is this, how are parents like us, who don't have a manual, who are doing the best we can, who feel as though we aren't enough, how are we going to raise healthy, happy children who we are proud of and still keep our sanity in that process? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Ryan Roy, and welcome to I Don't Know Jack About Parenting, a podcast for parents who are being real with themselves. Hello and welcome back to this episode of I Don't Know Jack About Parenting, where today I'm going to be talking about how to build your child, children, into a leader or leaders. And this is uh, an episode uh, as we're winding towards the end of uh, an accumulation of 300 episodes of I Don't Know Jack About Parenting. As I've told you guys, I am shifting from I Don't Know Jack About Parenting to FBI Dads, the podcast, which you can access at anchor.fm forward slash FBI dash dads um, and subscribe. Uh, but I've been thinking about this leadership uh, podcast for a little bit now. And how do you make a leader? And we talk about this all the time on the show is kids mimic the behavior they see. They're going to do what you do. So if you lead your household, you don't just fly by the seat of your pants. You create plans. You interact. You do the things that leaders do. You will create leaders. Not only that. And I probably shared this in a podcast episode in the past. Let them know they're leaders. So there was a time when Christian was about three years old where he was going up the slide on a playground following another kid that was a little bit older than him. And I said, what are you doing? He says, I'm following him, daddy. And I don't know what struck me in that time. And I'm not saying I'm right here, right? I don't know jack about parenting. Or I've learned a little bit on this podcast. So that's why we're shifting again to FBI Dads, the podcast. Is this. I, I said to him, I said, wait a minute. Just just stop. It's okay. When we don't follow and do what other people are doing because we're doing it. We lead and let other people follow us. So I want you to repeat after me, young man. I am a leader. Because I'm a leader. I said there will be times that you follow and that's okay. But just know you're a leader. And I've told them that. So let's talk about leadership for a while, for a little bit. Uh, obviously, you guys, you listen to my podcast. I have a podcast. There are not too many people I know that have recorded 300 podcasts. Uh, I mean, self-motivated leader. Uh, I run a dad's program at the school which was uh, and this is not bragging it was on its last string when I got there and I revived it and crushed it and I've kind of done it um, a lot of my ideas I have a lot of support but at the end of the day I lead uh, this group and I cherry pick people who help me with it who understand the vision um, I lead my household I lead my clients to self-success, whatever that looks like to themselves. Uh, I have 
been on the PTA board. I came on as vice president and, and saw areas that needed improvement. And if I thought they needed to be improved, uh, I took on the presidency. Uh, there's improvement that could happen as I see it uh, with some relationships between our school foundation and, and our PTA and them working together. And I have drawn those two organizations closer by being a liaison between the two. I see ways that they can market the foundation and bring in more dollars to the school. So I've run that. And my son sees all of this happening. I've been asked to be on the board of the Socket to Him Sock campaign uh, on their board of directors for their nonprofit. I accepted that role. And in a very short period of time, we have uh, gotten them some big dollars, right? And it's just a mindset shift and a communication shift. Uh, my son sees all of this happen. So he gets in to my car the other day when I picked him up from school. One of the reasons I do the thing I do, guys, fathers being involved. I don't know Jack about parenting, wanting to be the best parent as I get to pick my son up from school every day. As I'm recording this, as I record some of these in the car, I'm pulling through the carpool line. And it was just a couple days ago that he, he got in the car and he says, Dad, I, can I ask you a question? Which was really weird for me because he's always able to watch, ask a question. I said, absolutely, what's going on? And I always jokingly say, you could ask, I don't know that I have the answers but we'll always try to find the answers. So he gets in and, and he says, uh, school council, uh, there's an election and I'm in fourth grade now so I can run for vice president. The president happens to be a fifth grader so I can't get that. Is it okay if I run for vice president of school council? And I said, well, why do you wanna run for, for that role? And he says, well, they gave us the option if we wanted to run for that or for class president, like in his class. He goes, but that's not enough responsibility for me. I want the big thing. And next year I want to be president. One, if you want to create a leader, be a leader. If you want to a leader, you have to expect them and give them the responsibility of leadership. If you want them to be a leader, they have to believe that they're capable of being a leader. And I believe that when I told my son he is a leader, that that set the tone for something like this. I grew up as a child not having a whole heck of a lot. Um, I often look back on that and, and I'm in awe of people who have, um, I don't wanna say, it just seems like they have a better sense of their surroundings. Uh, and I'll give an example of this. I was, somebody said, oh, you have a cat? I was like, yeah, and they're like, what kind of cat? And I didn't have time to look up types of cats. I was like, it's a cat, it meows, it's got long fur, it's black. He's like, yeah, but like what species? And I'm like, it's a cat. Like, so I'm in awe of people who have this, I hate, it, it's, it, to me it's kind of like useless knowledge. Like what, how do I benefit from that? Because all the stuff that came into my life growing up was out of necessity. I was in what I call survival mode. We wanted to make sure that 
there were meals on the table and there was a roof over our head and that there was, uh, you know, the necessities of life. And because of that scarcity and because of those thoughts and worries, I didn't have time as a child. I didn't have the comforts of stability, to be honest. Uh, I wasn't abused in any way, but my mom lived paycheck to paycheck. And sometimes she needed to wait to the next paycheck to pay certain bills. So I'm in awe of people who, who the, those kids that could run for student government. I was like, man, how, how can they do all that? Where do they have the time to do that? Well, their parents weren't worried about the meal. Their kids weren't worried about the meal. Uh, they weren't worried about, you know, what tomorrow brought. And unfortunately, and fortunately, it's what's molded me to be who I am today is, is you know, I had those worries as a kid. So I wasn't as focused on, you know, my academics, let's say, because I was more worried about where my next meal was coming from, or I couldn't wait to get to lunch because I knew that was my, my guaranteed meal at a specific time that I was getting. And I never went hungry, let's, let's not go there. But uh, let's just say there were probably a few nights I went to bed without dinner uh, because mom was out working and nobody prepared it for me. I had older brothers and sisters that were supposed to be paying attention. Anyway, so I'm in awe that my son wants to run for class president or vice president and that he believes he can do it. And that we're going to put together a campaign to ensure that he wins. Uh, and he's going to see how much work goes into and how much effort goes into winning something like that. And even if he doesn't win, which I'm going to make a bold prediction now, he's going to win. Um, it's just cool to watch and grow and allow the privileges of security that I've been able and my wife and I have been able to afford our children um, knowing that they're loved and that they're safe and I said this to somebody the other day right you want to create a leader it's this simple let your kids know that they are absolutely loved unconditionally through your words and your actions and let them know that they're safe right uh, and there's consistency in that my my kids know they're eating three square meals a day they know they are um they're getting snacks they know they're going to bed at a certain time they know boundaries that we've created within the house better known as rules that security gives them a sense of confidence that allows them to blossom into whatever it is they choose to do but i just talk to my friend Charles and, and guys Charles uh, he just shared with me some gentleman that he listens to his podcast and the gentleman talked about how children it's so much better to show through your actions than your words because there are so many other things that go into a conversation that go into an interaction that are nonverbal cues, whether it's facial expressions, whether it's mannerisms, whether as, as I'm watching myself on camera, as I'm recording this and my hands are moving, right? Which is edification for what I'm saying and keeping this flow. I love, I love what he was saying because 
everything we do, our kids see. So if we say one thing and do another, there's uncertainty. What did I just tell you? One of the key things are for kids to be successful and be leaders. They need certainty. So your words must be in alignment with your actions for them to be successful. Now I'm going to share with you after Charles shared this with me. I was making lunch for my my three-year-old. And I always give him choice and options for what he wants. And he chose a peanut butter jelly sandwich today. And as he chose that, he went to the pantry and he saw some crackers uh, that I know he would love that weren't intended for him. But, you know, there's nothing wrong. He goes, well, I want these. I said, well, you said you wanted a peanut butter jelly. He said, I want both. So I said, I'll prepare both. And I made him that. I gave him two of these crackers. They're fairly large. And he, he starts telling me, Dad, I want more crackers. I said, well, eat what's on your plate. And if you need more when you're done, I can get you more crackers. So I start preparing my own lunch. Um, and he ate the crackers and not the sandwich. And he says, I want more crackers, right? Like any crazy three-year-old would say. Maybe just my crazy three-year-old. I don't know jack about parenting. So my kids talk to me uh, in a way that I don't always approve of but I don't talk back to him that way. And I said to him, I said, hey, daddy said he would give you more, but here's the deal. I'm making my lunch right now and I'll get you another. What I need you to do is start eating your sandwich, okay? And he says, okay. And I looked over and he picked up his sandwich because I said this and, and I, I said, I promise you, I'll get you one. Now listen to what I just said. Now I'm making my sandwich and I want to put away, I'm, I'm making my lunch, I'm making my sandwich, mayonnaise, ham, cheese, lettuce, tomato, pickles, you know, and, and I got I'm making the sandwich and I want to put all this stuff away and I want to make sure he eats the majority of his sandwich. Uh, so every second that goes by is like a minute in a, in a three-year-old's world. And I'm saying, I need to fulfill my promise. I need to fulfill my words with the actions that back up the promise so that he knows. But I also recognize this, the whole reason he agreed to what he agreed to when he agreed to it is because I fulfilled my promises in the past. So when I told him daddy promises, he'll get you more crackers if you start your sandwich, he knew it would happen. Now listen to this. My actions spoke louder than my words because as soon as I was done, I grabbed those crackers. I put two, one or two, I don't even know, one or two crackers on his plate and I looked at him and I said, what do you say? And he smiled, he said, thank you. I said, you're welcome. And I smiled back at him as confirmation that daddy follows through with what he says he's gonna do. And that's what leaders do. So if you want, your kids to be leaders, be a leader yourself. No matter what, it's very seldom that a child can break free of the cycle that their parents teach them. And what I love about a podcast and the audience of a podcast is somebody who's getting on a, a, a podcast for edification and, and to learn and to grow and to hear maybe one idea. I love that you, the listener, 
are trying to better yourself. So that you could be better for yourself and better for your children. I said it once, I'll say it 299 times, and I'll say it in the next episode. I don't know jack about parenting, but what little I do know, I hope empowers you to be a better version of yourself and a better parent because I know this podcast has made me be introspective, made me look in the mirror, maybe check myself sometimes, and it's made me a better parent. And I have an amazing documentation of 300 lessons that I could share with my kids for a lifetime because I had people like you, yes, you the listener, that relied on me at some level to share my journey, to empower your journey. So thank you. And then join me once again on my journey on FBI Dads, the podcast, um, as it's gonna be talking about the importance of an involved father in the success of the next generation's youth. See you next week, one last time. Do you wanna be the dad you wish you had? If so, go get my free book, Be the Dad You Wish You Had, at bethedadyouwishyouhad.com. Inside, you'll find my most effective 40 tips to quickly and easily transform yourself into the ideal dad. Go to bethedadyouwishyouhad.com now and get it while it's free.